Welcome to Nairobi Chapel and Bakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. Something we learned in 2020 is the fact that we have to exercise. We have to be fit. Because we have to exercise. One of the things that really was in my heart a lot in that season was the fact that I sensed God was reminding me or telling me to remind us, especially in January, that we need to consistently be exercising in the things of the Spirit. He is the owner of the gym, Jehovah, God. He is the instructor. The workout is called salvation. My prayer is that we get to understand exactly what he's telling us in this season. Let's read Philippians chapter 2 from verse 1 to 13. I'm reading from the NIV. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships, relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. Eight, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place, gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Continue to work out your salvation with the dumbbells of fear and trembling. For it is not you but God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Let's pray, guys. Father, speak to us. It is a chilly morning, Jehovah. Most of us have issues in our minds. But Spirit of the Most High God, you are there in the very creation time. Power belongs to you. So, Spirit of the Most High God, invade our very hearts today. May your word come forth with power to the very marrow of our bones. We ask all this in Jesus' name we say, Amen. Ah, guys, thank you, Bana, to all who wished me happy birthday yesterday. Hallelujah. Yes, this is in the January babies. Amen. Keki to Likula. Hallelujah. Hey, it was an amazing time. time consider I'm getting old. Hallelujah. You know, when you're celebrating your 15th, 16th, 17th birthday, you're like, ah, icon, yeah. When you get to the 30s, Kwanzaa past 35, you start taking note. I told my wife, I don't want to see the age on the cake. Hallelujah. Nisione, she's like, are you embarrassed about age? I said, no, 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 no. 
Sitaki tu kuona age yangu. So thank you. Thank you guys. <laughs> we finished last week on the note of humility. Tulisema for us to live according to what God has purposed for us, especially in this year, we have to clothe ourselves with humility. We have to. Are you humble? When we ask your friends, will they say, Ujama, Ujama is humble? Ama tukiangalia watasema, ah, uyu, eh, there's a problem. There's some quotes, I, I like reading quotes about what people say on, the, on topics. There's a couple of uh, quotes here I want to read for us. Eh? Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Thinking of yourself less. Not thinking less of yourself. Thinking less. Yourself less. Pride makes us artificial, fake. And humility makes us real. I like this one. The constant companion of truth is humility. The constant companion of truth, constant, is humility. Humility is nothing but truth. Pride is nothing but lying. This is what people have said. The proud man can learn humility. I love this one. But he will be proud of it. Play of words. My brother Ule Najwanga play of words up anayelewa hiyo. The proud man can learn humility, but he will be very proud of it. Real genius is nothing else but the, but the supernatural virtue of humility in the domain of thought. Humility, that low, sweet root from which all heavenly virtues shoot. Humility. Pride, this is another one, must die in you or nothing of heaven can live in you. Humility is important, guys. Whatever it is God has blessed you to have. My brother the other day just shared with me, he has just finished building his house. Hallelujah. What has God allowed you to have in this season? What has he not allowed you to have? Are you humble about it? Humility will bless us. This is what now God says. Tumesikia ile watu wanasema, sasa tusikie kenye Mungu anasema. Psalms 25 verse 9. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. Psalms 149 verse 4. The Lord crowns the humble with victory. Victory will overwhelm you when you are humble before the Lord. Proverbs 3.34 God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Proverbs 11.2 When pride comes, comes disgrace but with the humble is wisdom. Proverbs 15.33 Humility comes before honor. Proverbs 22.4 The reward of humility goes on and on is riches, honor, and life. James 4, verse 10. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Humility in accepting our problems must direct us to understand that we are just weaklings. 
One of the things that happens, and especially in being a believer, is you note very quickly that you have strength in the Lord. Seek ye first the kingdom, all these things will be added unto you. That is strength. God is our strength. In him our mind is made perfect. In him our foot is sure. You know where to step. In the Lord we can do exploits. That I understand. But in the Lord we also understand very strongly that we are just but weaklings. We are guys who are here today and tomorrow are not. If you have never understood that being in the Lord makes you one of the weakest people in the world, then something is, diff something is, is wrong somewhere. Paul said, in my weakness, I am made strong. I cannot boast about my strength. I boast instead about my weaknesses. Where is your boast? What do you normally boast about? Do you understand that before the Lord, we are just but dust? I understand God says, in him we can do all things. I understand. That is well and sure. But when you stand before him, do you see your filthiness? I see mine. Do you stand before him like the Pharisees saying, ah, me, me, I do one, two, three. I pray three times a, a day. I do exploits. I'm not like these other people, Jehovah. Am I, are you like the tax collector who looks down before the Lord and says, Jehovah, forgive me, a sinner. Here's what God says about our frailty. Psalms 14, verse 2 and 3. The Lord looks down from heaven on all mankind, all of us, and sees if there's any who understand, any who seek God. This is what the Lord says. All have turned away. All have become corrupt. There is no one who does good. Not even one. That's the scripture. Sim Chungaji. Psalms 49 verse 12. People, all people, despite our wealth, do not endure. We do not endure. We are like the beasts that perish. Psalms 51, this is David, when he had messed up with Bathsheba. Surely, Jehovah, I was sinful at birth. From the time my mother conceived me, my definition is just sin. That's David talking. Psalms 103 verse 15. Our days on earth are like grass. Our beauty fade, fades as quickly as the flowers in a field. That's Isaiah 40 as well. Our days on earth are like grass. Our beauty fades. That's Isaiah. Isaiah 64. All of us have become like one who is unclean. Translation, we are all unclean. And all our righteousness, like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf, and like the wind, our sins sweep us away. This is the word of God talking about us. Let me read Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is deceitful above all things, and is beyond cure. Then he asked the question, who can understand it? Jesus, remember, there's a portion of scripture in the book of Mark I love. 
Jesus with his disciples are eating without washing their hands. Imagine if it was COVID times. <laughs> but they're with Jesus. <laughs> what work on a Jew? Then the Pharisees come and say, hey, hey, teacher, your guys are eating without washing their hands. Then Jesus asks them a question. What defiles a man? Is it by the things that are outside or the things that are within? Then he gives us a portion of scripture that is powerful. Mark 7, 20-23. It is what comes from inside that defiles you. For from within, out of a person's heart, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. scripture. All these vile things come from within. They are what defile us. Translation. Maze, we have stuff. What stuff do you have? Do you know your stuff? Your Achilles heels. Kryptonite. What's, what's, what's yours? Because if you can't see your issues, maybe before, as you go before the Lord, like the Pharisee, ah, Jehovah, those, those guys. Me, see, I'm not like those guys. Before you, Jehovah, I am. And the more you stand before men to minister, the more you see your issues. <laughs> I even shared with you last week. When I was like, we, Jehovah, that, that, that portion of scripture, that was for me, that one. Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. All of us. Sissy water. But what I love about the word of God and God himself is the fact that our story does not end there. It does not end in weakness. Remember the story of Adam and Eve. God's plan was for heaven on earth. But then something happened. They ate of the fruit. Messed us up. When I see Adam, will I be happy? You know those things. If God allows me to get to heaven and I see this brother, will I be like, hallelujah, God bless you? As in, the drama we face on earth, man, the turmoil in our spirits, the difficulty that we face, even in our families, was because of a fruit. One fruit, one. I see pizza, and kukumzima. A fruit, for crying out, a fruit. Gave us all this. We hate on each other. We kill one another. A fruit. But God had a plan. And I've been reading a book. I just finished my first book this week. Hallelujah. The whole story of the Bible in 16 verses by Chris Bruno. And there's something he reminded me about Genesis chapter 15. When God spoke to Adam. That was just powerful. Ah yeah, Powerful. In the redemption story of man, because the whole Bible, that's the story. God had a plan in the beginning. It was messed up by these two guys. And then all through scripture, he is returning us to the Garden of Eden. In Genesis 15, God is telling Abraham again, I have called you. I have made you into great nations. Then Abraham is like, boss, Goja, Goja, Jehovah, I don't even have a baby. We know the story. God then tells him, 
believe me, you will have an heir. Your children will be like this, the, the stars of the sky. And then he does something powerful. He tells him, get some animals. Get, I think it was a sheep, a goat, and maybe some cattle. And then cut them in half and put them on either side. Where there should be a path. What he was trying to show this guy is back in the day, that is how you made covenants. That is how you made agreements. That is how you did contracts. You would cut animals in half, put the parts on either side, and when you walk across to the other side, now that was the signature. Now, God tells this man to do this, but he does something powerful. Abraham never walked through for the covenant to take place. God allows Abraham to go to sleep, and in the sleep, he sees God as a light of fire going across the animals. What God was indirectly or directly telling this young man is both, take note, for this covenant, I will make it happen. I don't need your signature. And that is what he does. Because if you know the story, even Abraham's kids messed up. Remember Jacob? Jacob goes and decides to take two women for crying out. Alichezewa sawa, but he took two women. That was not in God's plan. You fast forward to the children of Israel. Even after being told that they do not need to be like their neighbors, they go ahead and demand a king. They messed up all through. Which reminded me in Genesis 15 that whatever God had covenanted with Abraham, he was going to make it happen. No wonder he tells us in the Bible that even when you're faithless, when your faith is down, I still remain faithful. We sing about it all the time. God is a faithful God, even when I'm weak and tired. Do you understand that about him? God desires you even when you hate on him. Even when you're backslidden, he is right there with you. Because he said he will never leave us nor forsake us. When you say, Jehovah, Sawa, let's walk this journey. Yeah, my answer. So whether you fall off or not, he is right there. So what's your choice this morning? What's your excuse? I read that and I was like, we Jehovah. This is why you are a good God. Jehovah protects us from things we don't even understand. Sometimes I wish for a second I could see the spiritual world. I think I'll be scared and run away, obviously. But I wish I would see even the fights that happen. Remember in the Old Testament, Kumuki who it was, I don't know whether it was Elisha, who had a servant, and he told the servant, boss, the guys you see are less compared to the ones that you do not see. The army of heaven is for us. They had been overwhelmed by the enemy's army and they could see them vast in the mountains. Open your inner eyes. The God of heaven's armies, na amiake, wako around. And the enemy was defeated. I wish sometimes I could see the spiritual world. Because the things God does for us are more than what he's the enemy is doing against us. And so if that is God's testimony for your life and my life, 
What's our excuse not to decide to walk with him? What's our excuse? Why are we in the place of saying, eh, he's not answered this prayer, so Jehovah, Why? Why does he reveal weaknesses to us? And the first thing is you're like, hey, me, if this is the journey, watch I cry. Because the, the closer you approach Jehovah, the more he shows you your faults. The more he reveals to you the issues that you have. The closer I approach him, hey, the more scared I am. Because I see them every day. Can you see God's work in your life? Can you see Jehovah's work in mankind? What he did for us. Even when Abraham died, the covenant still remained. And when Jesus came, finally, all this was going to be over. Finally, one man came that was going to prove once and for all that what God planned in the Garden of Eden now was going to happen. And they still never believed him. And I don't blame them. Frankly, I come and me when I was there. And then I am told that the savior of the world is the son of a carpenter. Mahali pale jeri. Ah, boss. karibu na You know? I don't blame them. But Jesus came. And I love that when he came, he came now to prove to us what we needed as human beings. First of all, he never sinned like his forefathers. Never. He was without sin. Show me where he sinned. Nowhere. We all know that. But there's a, a couple of things he tells us in the book of John. I love the book of John. I love that book. It shows us the love of God. It, it is so intense in God's love. That's an amazing book. There's a couple of things he tells us. There, there's seven statements of the I am. We know them. But when you look at them keenly, hey, Mazay, I don't know what your excuse is. I, I have no idea. First of all, he tells us in John 6, I am the bread of life. He comes in after all these others have failed before him and tells them, guys, now the Garden of Eden is here. Heaven is on earth. I am the bread of life. Where do you get your sustenance from? If you believe in the God of money, more than you believe in the bread of life, there's a problem. If you believe in bread and how you get it, and you're not in the issue of the bread of life, I kid you not, you don't have peace. Jesus came and told these guys. And you know that's the season. John chapter 6, chapter 4, 5, 6. is the time he fed the multitudes with bread and fish. And he turns to the disciples and says, these guys follow me for the bread that I gave them the other day. And he turns to them and tells them, guys, do you even understand that I'm the bread of life? I am. God tried to give us a glimpse in the Garden of Eden. Ah, Akushika. He tried to give the manna from heaven. How many of us have ever had bread from heaven? How many? None of us. 
<laughs> God came and told them, now, the actual bread of heaven is here. The word of God that became flesh. And they still didn't understand. Where is your bread? Where is your trust? Is it in the job? Am I in Jesus? Is it in the hustle? Is it in the finances? Am I is it the Lord? This year, I beg you by the mercies of God, change the focus. I'm not saying we should not pursue finances. That's not. Let's talk about That's what I'm saying. But where is your trust? Do you trust in the bread of life, the bread of heaven? Or is it in the bread that you make? If you can answer that question honestly, the journey has begun. It doesn't matter whether your trust now is in your own bread. If you can confidently confess to that, you've begun the journey with the Lord. And when he is your bread, ah, you'll be fine. He goes on to tell the Israelites, especially the disciples in that season, that he is the light of the world. That's John chapter 8. One of the things that I've noted for so long in my, young, in my very short journey with the Lord is the world is full of darkness. It is dark. Dark can denote the ills that we see, the discouragement, the heartache. We saw it in, during COVID times. We saw how guys died for no apparent reason. The world is a dark and very difficult place. So Jesus comes in and tells us, now I am the light. So my question to us today is this. Where is your focus? Do you focus on the Lord as the light of your life? Ama is it in the world? Where do you, who lights your path? Remember in the book of Psalms, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light for my path. Who shows you the way? Who guides your feet? Jesus was telling these guys, I am the one. Me, this, I am the one that was promised in the book of Genesis. I am the one. I am the light. I have come that your soul may find refreshment. That your heart lights up in joy. That's why I've come. Who guides your feet? Who do you believe in? Do you believe what the world says or do you believe in what Christ says? The reason I really encourage guys in this house of God to really read the word of God is because even for myself, I have seen the goodness of reading God's word. It is a light. I remember when I was preparing for this message, I was like, Jehovah, I know you're asking me to speak on the issue of the wa working out our salvation. I didn't know how that looked like. And so I prayed, and he led me to the book of Philippians. And there it was. I saw the, the direction. When we were buying our car, when I was getting married, I always went back to the Lord. Jehovah, guide. Jehovah, when you are in a place of difficulty, especially in your mind, 
in your heart over any decision. Pray and open the word of God. I kid you not, you'll find direction. Whatever it is I've been reading, whether you find yourself in the book of Joshua or the book of Ecclesiastes or Revelation, for whatever thing you need the light of God to light, that specific word you're reading will light your path. Who lights your path to the things that you walk into? Who can you say holds the torch? Jesus said, John chapter 10, I am the door of the sheep. The door of the sheep. John chapter 10. The door of the sheep. One of the things that used to happen back in the day is sheep would be put into a pen. Maybe together, maybe individually. And as a shepherd, you are to guard the door. Especially from thieves and robbers. And guys who wanted to mess up the sheep. Or things like lions and predators that wanted to eat of the sheep. Jesus came to tell us, I know you are a suffering group of sheep. You've had shepherds before that have come and messed you up. This goes specifically to those of us who have been called in one way or another. Have you been called? Are you somebody's father, mother? Are you somebody people look up to for leadership? Are you the leader of your home? Are you the leader of your family, extended family? Do guys look to you for direction? How do you do it? Are you the leader in, the, in your group of friends? What's your heart behind leadership? Are you the guy who's at the door for the sheep? Or are you the one taking advantage of the sheep? Guys always assume this is just for the mchungaji. Nah. It's even in your workplace. Maybe you're the boss over 50. How do you handle those 50? Are you taking advantage of them? Jesus protects us, his followers, as shepherd protects the flock from predators. A true shepherd comes through the gate of the sheep in the legitimate and designed way. Through love, through calling, through care and sacrificial service. When we look at you, do you have sacrificial service to those that are under you? To your children, for example. Are you protecting those that are under your care? Jesus is our protector. He is. If you're looking for protection for your soul, for the issues you've faced in your life, that overwhelm you every once in a while, those things that give you sleepless nights, it is only Jesus that can do the protection. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We're still together. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I'm almost done. John chapter 10. The good shepherd. The shepherd that shows us the green pastures. Remember David? He's the one who will allow us to experience the goodness of him in this land of the living. But he's also the shepherd that even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he will be there. He is a good shepherd. Who is somebody you look up to? Who leads you? 
even in matters job work hustle family who do you look up to who is your guide in the things that you do or what you aspire to be where are you where are you getting your motivation from because if it is not from the good shepherd remember in a dark world you'll experience it whichever way that looks like the good shepherd never disappoints and i beg you by the mercies of god if you have any issue in your heart right now take it to him he knows he knows that's what i love about him remember the lady hagar who was the co-wife who was told toka kwa nyumba get lost with the baby they went to the desert she left the baby for death the angel of the lord came and told her what god has sent me to tell you i see you right where you are jehovah elroi i see you that is a good shepherd he knows the condition of your soul better than you know it no one is the shepherd and the bishop of our hearts he knows you better than you know yourself and he is the beauty about him he will never force you to do anything Mm-mm. he'll show you the way and be like hey boss you have a choice that's in scripture he tells us choose ye today whom you will serve if you choose darkness if you choose the light the bible says tells us in the book of revelation that at the end of time Christ will have tears in his eyes the lord god of heaven why simply because we chose wrong when your kid makes the wrong decisions when your brother you know the pain that your parents feel when one of you in the family makes wrong decisions no wonder we, they go with us all the way to the courts and even when we are being taken to prison our parents will still say those are that's my child that one uyo with tears in their eyes that is jehovah over us the good shepherd who 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 is your leader who do you listen to who guides you he said i am the resurrection and the life the way the truth and the life that is the lord one of the things i love about the lord is the promise he gave us that now you will not see death and even when you see it eternity waits for us one of the things i always remind my friends or those that i know or the house of god is if you choose the lord or if you're still processing whether this journey is worth it just think of when this world comes to an end there will be great turmoil if you've read the book of daniel read the old testament a little bit read the book of thessalonians read revelation you will see the difficulty that will be experienced in this earth it is mind blowing i'm not saying you go to the lord for safety because you are afraid but the lord is so kind so as to show us what would happen he's a resurrection and the life and so how kind and how good is that choose him today choose him decide in your heart of hearts whatever difficulty you face in this year i am sticking with the lord
whether good, whether bad, sour, but he has proven himself in any from Genesis Makasai, Amaji proof. He has shown us that he is good. He is the way. He is the truth. There's no other truth. Where do we get our truth from? Who do you say now this is truth? Because if it's not the Lord, and one again, we remind you of the word of God. Let's choose him. Finally, he tells us, he is the true vine. By attaching ourselves to Christ, we enable his life to flow in all of us and through us. Then we cannot help but bear fruit that will honor the Father. Choose very keenly who you attach yourself to in this 2021. The Lord says, attach yourself to me. I am the vine. If you attach yourself to me this year, I promise you, you will bear fruit. That is the Lord. Shidani, we assume the fruit is the house that I've been wanting to build. The fruit is money in the bank. It begins with your soul. Remember, he's a bishop of your soul. Those issues that we face, those difficulties, those weaknesses that we have, he begins there. If he chooses to add those other things in his hour, attach yourselves to the right people this year. Attach yourself to him. And I kid you not, you'll never regret it. I have never regretted my time with the Lord. It's been tough. I'm not saying it's not. It's been very tough. But he has been faithful. His grace has been sufficient. So what are you going to choose? What's your decision today? For 2021? Is it with the Lord or is it without him? Is it to find truth in him? I want to continue finding truth in Google. Who's the way in your life? What are you going to choose to do even when you don't see things happening the way you want them to happen? Do you still stick to him? Do you abide in him still? May that be forever your choice for 2021.